Support for the evening newscast comes from Bay Realty, listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily commercial properties, and property management in the southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. Additional support for the evening news comes from Duncan House Diner, owned and operated by the Gamble family for over 20 years, proudly feeding Homer for three generations. Dine in at 125 East Pioneer or order online at duncanhousehomer.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to KBBI AM 890 in Homer and K201AO on 88.1 FM in Seward. I'm Hope McKenney with some local news on Monday, February 6th, 2023. The Alaska Sea Life Center admitted a northern fur seal pup to its rehabilitation facility last week. It's the Seward Center's first fur seal patient since 2017. The female seal pup, estimated to be around six months old, was seen swimming erratically near the shore in Sitka, according to a press release from the center. Worried Sitka residents then reported the pup to the center's 24-hour stranding hotline. Sitka is an unusual location to see northern fur seals this time of year, which the center says raised concerns for her survival by center staff. Northern fur seals typically breed much further northwest in the Bering Sea and North Pacific Ocean. Center staff got permission from NOAA and transported her to their facility for treatment. The center is the only rescue and rehabilitation facility for marine mammals in the state. Upon admission, the veterinary team discovered the pup was dehydrated and malnourished, with signs of an unknown infection in her blood work. She also seemed smaller than average for her age. Staff are currently providing initial treatments and examining the pup further to understand more details about her condition. If you see an injured or stranded marine mammal, you can call the 24-hour Stranded Marine Animal Hotline at 1-888-774-SEAL. Again, that's one 1- 888-774-7325. A bus station in Ninilchik has the potential to become a small native reservation, but the state of Alaska is pushing back. As KDLL's Riley Board reports, a lawsuit playing out in Juneau could impact the Ninilchik tribe's bid for sovereignty and protection of its services. More than six years ago, the Nanilchik Traditional Council applied to place a two-and-a-half-acre, two-building bus depot into trust with the federal government. They're still waiting on a final decision. But if the application goes through, it would essentially create a reservation in Nanilchik. The tribe would have jurisdiction over the land, which would likely be exempt from local taxation. It would also open the tribe up to certain federal money and programs. Daryl Williams, the resource and environmental director for the tribe, says it would protect the future of the bus service the tribe runs from that property. We thought it was important to, to have the service in the first place. You know, we've been running it for quite a while now, and we see it growing, you know, in the future, not necessarily getting smaller. So having it locked into something that can, that can continually be able to do this is a good thing. That's a good thing. But the state of Alaska has filed a lawsuit against the Secretary of the Interior, arguing the land into trust process as a whole undermines the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act by creating reservations. The lawsuit was filed last month after the Interior Department approved putting an 800-square-foot vacant lot into trust in Juneau. The lawsuit argues that the trust affects the state's ability to tax, enforce public safety, and engage in resource management. The lawsuit also says the state is aware of the Nanilchik application and that it, quote, 
further jeopardizes the state of Alaska's sovereign authority. The Ninilchik property in question is the hub for a bus system run by the tribe called the Basic Unified Multipath Service, or BUMPS. BUMPS first opened in 2018 and provides transportation for people who can't drive, not just tribal members, but anyone on the peninsula. It runs three days a week between Homer and the Kenai-Soldatna area. Years ago, the tribe recognized a gap in transportation services in the borough and stepped in to solve the problem. Williams says the application to put the transit building into trust is designed to protect that service for the foreseeable future. We figured that there are enough people who are disadvantaged for one reason or another. They might be sick, they might have gotten in trouble. Whatever the case is, they probably shouldn't be driving. That is a benefit to everybody. Williams says some of the tribe's other services, like the health clinics they run, are tied up with outside organizations, like the Indian Health Service. But BUMPS is run entirely by the tribe, and seemed like an appropriate service to protect when the tribe learned of the federal trust process. Land into trust has been possible in Alaska since 2014, when the Obama administration revised a restriction that had existed for more than 30 years. Under Donald Trump, that revision was withdrawn, but the Interior Department reopened the process again in late 2022. The department agreed to take the Juneau tribal land into trust last month. Williams thinks the state's lawsuit will take years to sort out, but ultimately, he doesn't think they'll prevail. When a state can just file a suit and stop a federal process, that's a different problem. When it comes to the state's motivation for protesting the land into trust process, Williams thinks it comes down to the state not wanting to share their roles in providing services or managing resources. You know, one of the things that's always bothered me, too, is that um, when the state takes opposition to things like this, this brings in more money, more jobs, more revenue, more economy to the entire state. And why would they be against that? The lawsuit also cites pending applications from the native village of Fort Yukon and the Central Council of the Clinket and Haida Indian tribes. In Anilchik, I'm Riley Board. Alaskans have been pursuing healthier lifestyles by many measures, but disturbing trends of violence and suicide continue to plague the population, according to status reports released by the Alaska Department of Health. The Alaska Beacon reports that the Healthy Alaskans 2020 final report and scorecard issued by the department last week painted a mixed picture of progress over a decade. Among the 25 indicators measured were some targets accomplished, but also some setbacks. Among the striking improvements shown in the 2020 results was a reduction in the rate of cancer deaths in Alaska. While cancer remains the leading cause of death in the state, the rate fell significantly, decreasing by more than 15% over two decades. More positive news was shown in declines of tobacco use and binge drinking. Additionally, there was increased access to medical care and support. Negative trends shown in the scorecard were statistics for the various traumatic harms that Alaskans continue to suffer. Suicide rates increased by more than 25% in the last decade, and rates of rape increased by about 20% in just six years. Rates of domestic violence increased, though not as dramatically, according to the scorecard. And tomorrow is the deadline to apply for a mail-in ballot for this month's special election for Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor. 
On February 14th, voters will choose between four candidates for the borough's top seat, left vacant by the resignation of former borough mayor Charlie Pierce last summer. The winner of the special election will serve through the next regularly scheduled municipal election in October. The role is currently filled by interim mayor Mike Navarre. Candidates Dave Carey, Linda Farnsworth-Hutchings, Zach Hamilton, and Peter Machicki are all running for the seat. To find out where they stand on Kenai Peninsula issues, you can listen to two candidate forums on our website at kbbi.org. If you'd like to vote in person ahead of Election Day, early voting started last week at in-person absentee voting sites throughout the Kenai Peninsula. Polls are open at the Kenai Peninsula Borough Clerk's Office and Homer Annex Office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. They're open at the Kenai Clerk's Office, Seldovia Clerk's Office, and Seward Clerk's Office between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. To obtain a mail-in ballot or find out more about the election process, you can visit the Kenai Peninsula Borough's website. Election day is February 14th. If no one candidate receives a majority of votes, there will be a runoff on March 7th. And that's the news from Homer. I'm Hope McKenney, and you're listening to KBBI AM 890 and K201AO 88.1 FM in Seward. Find us online at kbbi.org. Thanks for tuning in.